husband wakes up with Steph, Abby, and Matt on B105. Hey, guys. Hey. My hands smell like the chips that you gave me. Oh, the, yeah, the, the barbecue. Yeah, like a barbecue chip. Mm. What was the flavor? Barbecue. Oh, I thought you said it was a different one. No. no? Jo- oh, okay. Barbecue. No. Oh. But they're not, it's not a crisp. It's like one of it's those. corn one. Yeah. yeah. It's supposed to be healthy. Mm. Very nice. I like corn it. Corn is gluten free. Oh, there you go. Well, there's a whole stack of them if you want to take them with the kids. I like those veggie chips. Yeah, they're a bit, they're like puff mm. sort of thing. They're puffed it's funny up when I say that at the supermarket, I get older ladies, like when Jagger's like, is that gluten free? And I'm like, yeah, you can have that. And they go, oh. Like it's a lifestyle choice, yeah. you know, and it's like, oh yeah. no, he really is celiac, but it's just, it's like, oh God. But they're also from the era of where they thought they could fix all their health problems by changing their butter. Mm. You know, remember all the ads, like when you have a cholesterol issue, That's change not... this, just, just change to margarine. It's actually not a joke though. My dad did that. So there is actually yeah. a cholesterol lowering Thing in the margarine at work. Yeah. No, I'm but not going against it. But they still from the that smoked, so but they that, had to go. That's the mm. thing. Mm. I'm just saying, you know, for them it would be like, oh, you know, it's just mm. gluten happens to be something we're aware of these You can days. imagine if you're in an era that has been to war, you'd be like, well, you can get over a little bit of celiac, can't you? <laughs> <laughs> I was in the trenches. <laughs> you know, we didn't worry about gluten then. I think the <laughs> issue is, is what happens is, is people do it as a lifestyle choice. Yeah. And then so the people who have to do it. Mm cop the flack because it's usually, I go gluten-free, but I also go dairy-free and I'm a vegan because, mm. um, like it's good for my Instagram. Mm-hmm. I do and like it. Yeah. You've just got a kid who's like, oh, I have to do it so I don't shit myself. Oh, I'm only getting the COVID vaccination to be in with the kids. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, did say to, when I was at the start, they were so good about it. They said, oh, just, is it an allergy thing or is it a choice thing? Um, and I said, oh, it's a severe allergy. And she goes, no worry, we've got forms for you to fill out. And I was like, God, you really appreciate it because they give it to the chef. And I said, do people um, react to that well? She goes, oh, sometimes when I said, is it a choice thing? She goes, no, it's a lifestyle thing. Ugh, yeah. <laughs> She's like, oh, so it God. is a lifestyle choice. <laughs> it's a lifestyle choice. Did we say that about our kids? <laughs> We had Rory. It's a lifestyle choice. choice. Yeah. <laughs> imagine, but I guess imagine someone says I'm gay. Like, is that an allergy to women, or <laughs> is it a lifestyle choice? <laughs> well, definitely an allergy to women. Uh, Both. <laughs> uh, okay, guys. Um, in today's show, it's a bloody busy one today. Do you mind if I ask? We spoke to a woman with an incredible oh, story. Yeah. She was kidnapped at the age of fifteen. She was at the front of a, a friend's house, and then when she managed to escape after eighteen hours, hours of torture yeah. and abuse, um, she found out he was a serial killer. It's amazing when she said that when she was in his um, in his care. That she thought if she did all the right things, then he said that you're allowed to leave and she Mm -hmm. believed him Mm. and didn't realise till after Mm. to find out the people that he'd killed that that was never going to be the case if she hadn't escaped. So it's do you mind if I ask some unbelievable things about that 18 hours of her life gets revealed. Um, and what else did we do? Save my marriage is in there as well. We continue with a little bit oh, of that. Oh, a little bit of homework for everyone. Yep, yep, yep. yep. Bit of that. Righto. Let's roll this bad boy. Here we go. Stab Abby and Matt for breakfast. B105. New concerns about the Sydney COVID outbreak. A highly transmissible Delta strain running rampant. Yeah, I have felt 
for Delta Goodrum <laughs> because the Delta strain, I mean, Delta is such a unique name. It is actually on a birth certificate mm. and I find it it's such a beautiful name. But then with the strain of coronavirus, it's like, oh, that's unfortunate. Mm. And the poor girl, her middle name is also Strain. <laughs> I know. It's what so are the odds? Delta Strain Goodrum. What are the odds? <laughs> you know? But then to have it in the news the whole time, she finally came out yesterday and I thought, good for you. because It's like, it's like Donald's. Anyone named Donald, Donald mm. after Donald Trump or like even during his presidency, and whenever you said, hi, my name's Donald, it'd be like, oh, yeah, Donald So many people have grown up with, you know, oh, that's a beautiful name, you know? I mean, one of my friends, shout out to him, he's Michael Jackson. Yeah. But right. he was Michael Jackson before Michael Jackson. Oh, that's a, that's annoying, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. My, um... If Mike, he goes by and you never really know. Yeah. Sister's stepdaughter is called Isis. Oh. Yeah. She copped a bit of flack at school for a while. Not anymore, but... There's a town on the way to Gladstone called Isis as is well. Yeah. yeah. They haven't changed their name? Well, I think yeah, they've they been it for so long. They changed it to Taliban. <laughs> Isn't it? It's really hard. But she messaged yesterday saying, Delta Goodrum did. Hi, all. It's me, the artist formerly known as Delta. Looking for a new name and two songs to sing. So then she's asked for different songs to sing during her Bunker Down uh, session, which is going to be on tonight. Yeah. But mm. I just like it when she's owned it. Mm. She's addressed it. Mm-hmm. So we thought, what about the companies around the world that have addressed it or maybe have the best PR campaign? Because there is a list of them and they will celebrate, of course. It's sort of subjective, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do like it when companies go, you know what? We know what's going on mm-hmm. and we're going to own it. So one of them was Diesel, you know, the clothing brand? Yeah. And they are very famous for having knockoffs. People sell fakes overseas. Mm-hmm. And also there is a street in New York, uh, Carnal Street, where people sell a lot of fakes. Mm-hmm. And ahead of Fashion Week, they went, yeah, we know what you're doing. We're going to put an authentic fake store in there and sell originals and pretend they're fake. Oh wow! At fake oh, prices. Okay, so they go to the they go to the knockoff street, <laughs> yeah, and sell and real put up stuff. Still real stuff, but people think they're getting fakes. It's like so Louis Vuitton like, ran opening up in Bali. Yeah, it was like a limited edition range of hoodies and jeans. Wow! So people thought that they were getting knockoffs, but they're really like authentic. And people bet, like these authentic ones are really good. No, they'd go Ooh. in there. I bet you that would be the ones where you'd look at it and you go, "No, nah, I can tell this one's fake. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go next door. <laughs> yeah. They've got better fakes. It's too yeah, good. Yeah. It's yeah. too good. It must be fake." Yeah. Uh, over in uh, Texas, there was a lot of people complaining that their pizzas uh, never arrived. Um, they were always a little bit like, you know, when you can see there's a bumpy ride smushed. and it's been smushed or mm. it's all the cheese is stuck to the top of the, the box mm-hmm. and they get a lot of that complaints and they went, no, 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 it's not our fault. And you know what? We've been asking the council to fix the roads. Fix the roads. So what they did is they did up their own paving truck with dominoes and they called it the paving pizza <laughs> and they got a workman and they put it upon themselves to fix all the potholes. Apparently wow. they're still doing it. This is after three years. Yeah. So they go there and say, hey, we understand. We don't want the bumpy roads either and we want you to get your pizza in top condition. That's pretty So we're going to fix the roots of um, all the pizza things. So it's all the workmen all done. You just know that that marketing person mm. has sent that email around to all staff. Here's what I've organised mm. today. Catches, I'm going home. Yeah. Later losers. Well, the best you, thing. But you know there would be some bored people going, oh, I don't think that's a good idea, wasting our money on potholes. But if they don't fix the pothole in 30 minutes, you get it for free. <laughs> <laughs> it's Maybe. pretty good. The other one is uh, KFC, and they've started doing this before it was a thing. Mm. So they were getting a lot of tweets um, from people saying, you know what, uh, Dear KFC, no one likes your fries. You're sincerely the entire world. Wow. <gasps> that is bullshit. <laughs> but it must be different overseas because I reckon they've got the best fries. Um, the someone the else best said, chips in Australia come from KFC. Well, they're saying, how can KFC be so good at chicken and so bad at fries? So they decided that they were going to do release, uh, they were going to updo their fries and release a different flavour. So they decided to put all the tweets on all bus shelters, 
on all buses, all the bad tweets, and then said new fry's coming. Oh, right. So oh, they owned it before, because, yes, you know, okay. like bad tweets started going viral on a lot of the talk mm-hmm, shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we should start putting all of our marketing up around Brisbane, because it's always us happy, tune in to B105. Mm. We should just write, don't listen on it. Well, that's what Uber did. Stab Remember? Abby and Matt, 105.3 FM, don't do listen. not listen. <laughs> Uber did that during the pandemic. Hashtag, do not ride with us. Oh, that so that everyone so was good. like, no, I, we shouldn't. We should take it. Yeah, we should definitely not do Do we it. still have access to those digital goer yeah, yeah. billboards? Can yep. we put that up today? Oh, I can't hear you pressing the wrong button, I think. There we Hello. go. Hello. Yeah, I reckon yeah, we can. I, I like that. Do not listen. Parente, can you remake our, here's our video guy, does all of our imaging. Can you get him to make new marketing for our show that says, do not listen. Under no circumstance should you listen to this show. Damn, I want to listen now. And let's spread that bad boy. Yep, challenge accepted. I feel mm. this could backfire. But I don't think it will. I, I always want to listen when I'm told not. Mm. That, that's like if someone says don't watch that show, mm. it like, works. Because when I say to my kids, do not go to bed, they'd go to bed. Yeah, okay. <laughs> that is so true. Yeah. Don't you dare get in there. Don't not. You, don't shut your eyes. Mm. I tell you what, if you sleep through the night, mm. I'm going to be so angry. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Stab Abby and Matt for breakfast. B105. Forgive me for being so inquisitive. Do you mind? Do you mind? Do you mind if I ask you a personal question? There are people that have uh, different experiences and have gone through extraordinary events and some of them absolutely terrible, like this lady, uh, Cara Chamberlain. She was kidnapped at the age of 15, later found out by a serial killer. So do you mind if I ask? This is when you can call up and ask any question that you might have. Uh, Now, thank you very much, Cara, because there's nothing... You've lived this experience and you're very open about it, so there's nothing that people can offend you with here. Right. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so 13.1060 is our number. If you met Kara and you knew her story, what would you ask her? Now, Kara, can you um, tell us, it was back in 2002 and you were 15 years of age and you're at a friend's house, was that correct? Yeah, my best friend, I was at her house. It was summertime and we were getting ready to go out for the day and I was watering the flowers for her mom before we left. And so and then a man, hmm. a man approached me. Um, he pulled into the driveway and offered to give me some magazines for my parents. And uh, when he stepped in to hand them to me, that's when he put a gun to the side of my neck. Wow! Right? Wow! And it's at fifteen as well. You know, a lot of people would say, "Ah, oh, fifteen-year-old would know not to engage." With someone, but I'm, I'm assuming from your perspective, you were just minding your own business. You thought, oh, here's someone just offering me magazines. It, then the gun comes out. All the control is gone then. Right. And he maintained a respectable distance from me. There was never a red flag. He wasn't in my personal space or anything like that. And when he entered my personal space, it was to hand me those magazines. And so I did not see the gun. I just felt it up against my neck. Wow. Now, he kept you captive for 18 hours. That must have, I can't even imagine what that feeling is like. It was only afterwards that you found out that he was a serial killer. What, how did that affect you? You know, it took me, I think it took me a while to really process what that meant because while he held me captive, he told me that he was going to release me Mm. when he was quote done with me. And then it was my choice if I went to law enforcement, Mm. but I thought for a while that maybe 
I would have been let go, but I didn't really want to wait on him to do that. So it took a few years to realize, and I'm still processing in many, many ways mm. what it means to be the survivor of a serial killer. How, how did you escape? I escaped when he was asleep. He was asleep in the bed next to me. I was restrained to the bed. I had handcuffs on my wrist that were tied to the headboard of the bed and a restraint on one of my legs. And I was able to get my teeth up to the clamp that was holding the handcuffs to the bed. And I had to unscrew that with my teeth and slid my hand, the handcuffs out of the rest of the clamp and then disconnected the restraint on my leg and slid out of the bed while he was still asleep and went to the front door and had to move some stuff out of the way and throw the door open and run as quickly as I could mm. and found some a car that took me to, to law enforcement. Had you been reported as a missing person by that stage? I had been reported as a missing person, but usually whenever teenagers run away, they initially are listed as a runaway. So I was listed as a runaway, and the neighbor actually saw me get into the car with this man, but I wasn't kicking or screaming or fighting. He had his arm around my neck, and the way that he was holding the gun, it you could not see it. So I was reported um, by my parents, obviously, and my friend as a missing person, but law enforcement treated it like a runaway case initially. They say to when people go through a trauma like this that they relive it. In your mind, can you still, you know, like smell what his house smelt like? Remember what he, he like, when he grabbed you, that feeling? Like, do all of those senses still stick with you today? I have found that the way my memory works primarily, it's in a series of snapshots. So I have snapshots of different parts of my traumatic event and my kidnapping where I can see those things in vivid detail. There are a few things. Um, for instance, he was smoking cigarettes in the car. And so that particular brand of cigarettes kind of, I, I can smell it still. Um, but for the most part, it's those snapshot memories that I really can picture and I can see them in vivid detail. He, he was caught, obviously. He actually went on the run for a couple of days before police were able to locate him. And there was a short police chase and they blew out his tires mm-hmm. of his car. And uh, he actually ended up shooting himself at the, the end of that chase. So mm-hmm. he committed suicide about two days after I escaped. Wow. Well, his, I'm going to kick off the the weird questions then 131060 with yeah. do you mind if i ask here if you'd like to ask car or something um jump on the phone right now did you feel better that he had died in that car chase or would you have preferred that he went to jail i think that's such a complex answer for me because initially i was i was very very angry because i wanted him to sit across from me in a courtroom and know that choosing me was the biggest mistake that he made. But as time has gone on, I've realized that it's better. I never have to worry about him getting out of jail. I never have to think about him. I didn't have to go through a trial. But it's also very sad because I know that he... I know in my gut that he had other victims that we don't know about. And we will never be able to find out because he's gone. Kate, you're on the air with Cara. What's your question? 
Hi. Um, so, do you mind if I ask, um, do you walk around with, like, constant paranoia, like, living just your day-to-day life? I actually do not, generally. I think that we can do everything in our power to try to prevent ourselves from being chosen as a victim, but I think that ultimately sometimes just bad things happen. So I just try to be aware of my surroundings and be present in the moment and try to just live each day to the best of my ability, really. You have um, children, though, Cara. How do you do? Is that... Is that- do you worry about yeah. them? Um, I do, but it's kind of the same thing mm. where I'm sure my parents worried about me, but at some point, you know, bad things happen. We can do everything. I'm I'm not foolish or care, you know, too too careless or anything like that about my children's well being and safety. And I think that I'm probably a little more cognizant of their safety than I would have been mm. uh, had this not happened. But but. Yeah, I think just sometimes bad things happen. Yeah, Cara, you went off um, after that to the police academy and helped um, investigate sexual assault and child abuse cases. Is that something that you felt like helped your healing as well to be able to help other people that had gone through it? I think that it has been a process and I think that a lot of what I'm doing now, which is I'm really, I wasn't able to help people when I was in law enforcement as much because of the caseload. And you can't really get personally involved. Mm. And I found that really through social media and speaking to real people and helping kind of guide them through these processes uh, helps me a little bit more in my healing in ways that I didn't really realize I needed to heal. But to share with others has helped me a lot. All right. Chantel from Fernie Grove, you're on with Cara. What is your question? Oh, hi, Cara. Do you mind if I ask, um, did you think at all when you were in captivity of leaving, say, for example, DNA behind, like a bit of hair or fingernail or anything like that? I did not think about that while I was there. My, my mind was pretty occupied in general with the thought of escaping. And whenever you are assaulted, generally your body becomes the crime scene and so I was carrying any and all DNA I needed, which my captor was was not really, you know, he was going to kill me, so he wasn't necessarily cautious about. Yeah. Because uh, mm. you see that my, in the movies, don't you, Chantel? You, you know, yeah. you, like if yes. I, I watch a lot right. of Law and Order as well, and they always <laughs> so check under, under the fingernails. Mm. So, but I guess oh, you, yeah. your mindset's You're not, not there, is it, Cara? You're just in survival mode, hey? Yes, absolutely. I sort of had a mantra going through my head where it was, you know, get him complacent, go along with the things that he wants, you know, just be agreeable. And then at some point he'll let his guard down enough for me to be able to escape. And then when I do that, I need to have information to identify him. So I was constantly thinking about evidence to identify him because I I did not know his name. He never told me his name. So Mm -hmm. I was trying to gather information from his apartment about who he was, where he went to the dentist, uh, you know, a woman that lived in the apartment with him, things like that. All right. Uh, Sina, you're on with Kara. She was um, kidnapped and escaped a serial killer. What would you like to ask? Hi, Kara. Um, do you mind if I ask if your abductor ever told you why he chose you? He did not tell me why he chose me, but I have figured out over the years through learning more about this person that he was the kind of 
person who would stalk his victims. Mm -hmm. And I was at a friend's house, so I was out of my normal place and space and time. So I was basically his victim of opportunity. I found out since that he did try to approach some other girls earlier in the day. There was another girl that lived in the neighborhood that told me many, many years later that she was normally outside during that time of day. And so maybe he was stalking my friend, maybe he was stalking this other girl, but I happened to be outside at the time, so I was his victim of opportunity. Did you ever have, like, normal conversations, as normal as it could be? Was there, did he talk to you about general chit-chat? Yeah, absolutely. There was one time in particular when we were sitting on the couch and he was asking me, you know, questions, just general conversational questions. Uh, about my life and I was asking him the same and so I found out things about him like that he was in the Navy and just various things about him um, within within a certain context and construct of course but mm. you know he definitely was not afraid to give me information which helps reinforce the fact that I would not have been yeah. The, yeah. the one person that he let go you know I would have been yeah. that must be bizarre victim. though you're sitting there and he's like so t- tell me about yourself and then you have a moment where it almost is normal, I guess. I guess is. I don't know if that's the right it, thing to it, say. It is. It is so bizarre, and I think that that lends to this idea that I had for for a while of just denying that he was going to kill me because mm. he wasn't one of those sadistic. I mean, he did kidnap me, he did assault me, but he wasn't hurting me, and he wasn't being evil in those ways, mm. right? So it was which was how he was able to fly under the radar. It's how no one ever suspected him of the previous crimes that he committed. Wow. You've done such an amazing job to be able to share with people and, you know, help people that are still going through, you know, um, PTSD Mm. by sharing your story. Yeah, I have always known from pretty immediately after I escaped that this was something bad that happened to me, but that I would use it one day to help other people. And I wasn't sure how or why or what that would look like. And it's really just becoming this beautiful thing that I'm able to just help educate people and help inspire people and and maybe help guide people in their process as well. Well, we really appreciate it, Cara Chamberlain. um, Thank you for coming on this morning. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Good on you. Um, she was kidnapped by a serial killer, was lucky enough to escape, and if any of this is traumatic for you, you can call Lifeline 13 11 14. Stab Abby and Matt for breakfast. B105. Um, I was telling you guys about this the other day, and I didn't realise what an annoyance it is to um, anyone, in particular women, mm. who do um, the bulk of the washing at home. Because it's sort of changed in my house. My wife um, is working a lot more, working five days a week. And I try to get my brownie points by doing extra loads of washing. Now, yes, I do fold them and leave them sitting on the bed and wait till she walks out of the home office to do a meeting and quickly run in and then have them in my hands so she can see me in the act of doing it. Yeah, brilliant. Putting them away. Because I don't want to put them away and they're just gone. I want her to know that, yes, I did it. Always good to get caught in the act. Because then it's like, maybe something could happen. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to be honest about that. Yeah, no, fair it's enough. Good. It's good. My uh, husband doesn't get brownie points for things that he should be doing. <laughs> but each to their own. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's the same as my father-in-law taught me that once. Uh, Esther and her mother, they went out and we cleaned up after lunch. And I was like, all right, I'm going to take this rubbish out. And he was like, no, 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 no. He kept the rubbish bag there. Mm. And he said, when we hear the girls come up the driveway, 
You grab the rubbish and walk out and put it in the bin. I'm going to pick up and sweep up this last little bit of dirt. Mm. It was brilliant. But the issue I have with doing washing in my house is that Ethan, our 19-year-old, still lives with us. More than welcome to live with us. I've said to him, I don't care how long you live here. It's fine. I love you. But he is a ginormous baby who, when he removes his pants after work, Mm. and he's a water meter reader, so he's walking around sweating it up. He removes his pants and doesn't just push them down and take them off. He pulls them off so that they go inside out, and he must stand on one leg. Yeah, and he uses his legs. Pulled it up. Yeah. Mm. How but else do you do it? He it's keeps he keeps his underwear in there, so his underwear mm. are still attached to his long work pants when he puts them in the washing basket. Yeah. So when I pick up his dirty washing, I've got to separate his sweaty ball underwear mm. from his pants, get a waff of that across my face, touch it more than I need to. Mm. And then separate it and put it in the wash. Would you be okay with the inside-out pants if they didn't have the underwear in them? No, that would still annoy me. still annoy me. Because then when I fold Mm. them for him, I've got to put them back the other way. Mm. And it's like, you're now an adult. Mm. When you remove your clothes, you remove your clothes so that they're easily washed and hung. Did you say this was the the child, though, that you Esther spoon-fed? At the age of 12? Oh, yeah. It was yeah. ridiculous. Like, like, actually not... Sp- like I was going to say, she what? It's not a metaphor. Actually used to feed him. Oh, she did? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not even kidding. Not even Maddie kidding. was like, I had to walk into another room. Really? Like, We'd I'm have kidding. huge fights. Because he, he wouldn't just... He wouldn't eat. He'd get distracted by the TV. So, so I, she'd I pick up the fork and feed him. But, he, but well. you've got to let him do his own washing. Because my sons were doing this, and I, they did it with their socks. And it used to annoy me with the socks because they'd take out all the undies. The undies would be inside and then the socks would be there. And I said, you guys do the washing. And for each friend that is missing, talking about the other sock, Mm. then that's iPad time. Brilliant. And now they've learned to do it. So just let him do the washing once. But then he wouldn't do it. And this is the thing with our kid. He would re-wear stuff. And I don't mind doing his washing because my point is, is he's still living home. He's still my kid. I want to do it for him. Mm. So rather than, I've had a hundred conversations with him about it. So now what I do Mm. is I take it the way it is with his undies all wrapped up in it. I wash them that Mm -hmm. way. And... I then curl them back up in a ball and deliver it back to him that way. So you're doing passive-aggressive. But he wouldn't care. So passive-aggressive. <laughs> yeah. He wouldn't care. So passive-aggressive yeah. that if in the washing machine the underwear happens to separate from the pants... You put them back in. I put them back yeah. on. Wow. And then I ball them back up and uh-huh. then I throw them back in his room again just to prove to him mm. that he's got to stop it. But That's has he... Might, like Steph said, has he noticed? That wouldn't work. He doesn't care. He doesn't care. No, I know, but it makes me feel better. I'm in a fight that he's not part of. Every time he does it, up his rent. (laughs) A dollar per jock. Dollar per jock I've got to take out, and that's your rent again. Why don't you ask ask his girlfriend to mention it? You know, like, it really works. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, she's got about the only currency that would actually work. That's what I say. But I don't understand. It's so frustrating. You know how there's a, it's really not that big of a deal, but it just annoys the crap out of me. I am filled with rage. Again, this is what I say. This is what I always say. Yes, I get where you're coming from, but when he moves out... And you're not un- un- untucking his pants. You'll be like, oh, I miss those inside <laughs> underwear. Never, you know what? I He'll still that. bring his washing exactly. home. Exactly. I reckon. He's Look, got I a few kept them inside for you, Dad. Yeah. I know how much you miss it. Yeah, just like old times. <laughs> Stab Abby and Matt for breakfast. B105. ARL Commission has just finished a meeting. 12 clubs will be relocated to Queensland. And that's where the game is going to be played from now on. It's the things that make the most headline, isn't it, really, during COVID time? Of course, it is a serious uh, disease, but it's all about what's happening with the footy. 
You know, the AFL hub's up here, now the NRL hub is here, but it's affected those and it's also affected weddings. I believe Funerals as well, but I tell you what, the person who's having the funerals and all this outrage... doesn't care as much. Stephen Miles, I heard him say in a press conference, he actually said, well, we've got to put the rugby league on here in Queensland as a favour to New South Wales so they've got something to watch in lockdown. (laughs) Oh, good one. Quote, unquote. And he's not wrong. (laughs) Well, Stephen Miles is also in this story as well. Because they have obviously uh, given permission for the NRL to to move up here to be the hub, the same as they did AFL last year. And they have moved to the Novotel Twin Waters for some of the teams. The teams that are going to be going there um, as of yesterday. Yeah, beautiful. Uh, The Newcastle Knights, Mm -hmm. Penrith Panthers, Sydney Roosters and Manly Sea Eagles. They're all going to be in the same one, in the same bubble. But because of that... It's a last-minute cancellation uh, for people that are staying there, which includes a poor couple, long-time partner, uh, Catherine. She was set to marry her long-time partner, and a lot of the guests were staying there. So they got an email um, just saying, hey, regretfully, um, we've just been advised today that from tomorrow the property is going to be a quarantine hotel for 15 days and is now obliged to cancel all upcoming bookings throughout that period. Yeah. So this is her on the news talking about where her guests are going to be staying because it's it's pretty short notice. It's been really stressful, especially three days out. So she called the hotel straight away and was like, hey, like, what's the go without booking? Um, like, is it cancelled? And they were just like, yep, that's it. Yeah. 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 That's it. There's that it's great pretty, I mean, it is this weekend. I do feel sorry for her. And I think since they have found different accommodation. Rivershaw. I don't know where it's they, great there. It is great there. Yeah, we get yeah. a little glamping safari tent. Yeah, go but down Stephen the Miles is involved the um, because they were like, well, Queensland Government, you've given them permission. And they went, no, 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 no. Not us. They've gone, oh, we actually call on the NRL to make different arrangements for the wedding. Oh, nice pass. Now, oh, yeah. NRL generally are not into wedding planners unless you want to have, you know, cheerleaders and fireworks at the wedding, which wouldn't be bad. No. But I don't really think they're into event planning. Who were the teams again? Who they Newcastle, they all got kicked Penrith, out for? Penrith, Manly, and yeah. So it's all the um, the the Sydney team: Sydney Pen- Roosters, Penrith, Manly, and uh, Newcastle. Oh, then New that's South Wales, yeah. see. The only reason I ask is I'm mm. on the NRL app at the moment. I'm mm. looking at the the ladder, mm. and they're all the top eight teams. <laughs> so they're allowed to. <laughs> you know what? I, if it was the the Bulldogs are the last team at the moment. Imagine if it was like you're all going to have to move out. We want to ruin your wedding because the worst team in the comp has got no chance at winning is going to come in and, and play, mm. you'd be like, no, 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 no. That's not happening. Well, some of the comments um, are, are funny, and there's been over 500 comments um, in support of this couple saying, this is their big day. Let it go ahead. How dare you choose football over their biggest day? Mm. We should support this wedding, not football. People have all, you know, chosen... The chosen wedding. the wedding, and then one person has put their hand up and said, "I just, I just want to get my head straight. Are people saying that we cancel the NRL season for this wedding? Because if that's the case, I want a ticket to the wedding. And oh they, yes. Also, they better stay together. That is a really good point. <laughs> you know, that's a lot of pressure. You cancel the NRL season, and then you get divorced next year. I don't think so. We're all in this together, guys. I'm so sorry. Oh, <laughs> mm. <laughs> uh, well, uh, that's all good. Their wedding will go ahead. Their friends and family will just have to stay somewhere else. You just get a credit from them. Come and stay another time. You'd want time. tickets yeah. to the NRL, wouldn't Absolutely. you? Absolutely. Yeah. Stab Abby and Matt for breakfast. B105. Stab Abby and Matt. Save my marriage.
We say about the stats of uh, how many marriages do end in divorce when really you're standing there on the wedding day saying, uh, we do forevermore. Mm. Uh, but unfortunately, they do break down and so many people are in marriages that they just don't think are right as well. But I guess stay in it for the kids. And we do admire a couple putting their hands up, Cam and uh, Frankie, and saying, we need help. Have a listen to these stats. In 2019, 49,116 divorces were granted in Australia. And that was before COVID. That's right. Nearly 50,000 people. Mm. Well, couples, really. Double that. That's 100,000 people. That's an unbelievable number. Mm. Mm, that's why I got into marriage, celebrant. You're always going to... It's like a recycle. Yeah, it's a never-ending <laughs> never yeah. thing. No, I like the idea of love, but I understand that it can be hard, and so many people are living with people basically as flatmates. They've lost the love, and worse are finding as well. Mm-hmm. A couple, Kim and Frankie, put their hand up and said, yep, we don't want to be one of those statistics. Yesterday we heard Frankie, who had her session with um, Dr. Love, Mm -hmm. our relationship expert, and we found out from that side of the relationship that Frankie needs to listen to her husband, Cam. Mm -hmm. She doesn't hear what he's saying, and her homework was to actually converse with him and let him be heard. Now, um, we're going to hear Cam's homework here in just a second, and we believe that this is homework that everyone who's in a marriage should probably follow tonight as well. Oh, absolutely. But the first um, question that she asked is why Cam is shutting down. I don't like getting hurt. Okay. This is really good for you because you're actually being really honest. The reason why you're sort of shut off is because you don't want to get hurt. Yeah, I'm already starting to shake because this is like it's not hard. It's good for me because I know it's helping me. So thank yeah. you very much. So if I do go quiet, it's probably because I'm getting emotional. And if I do hide my face, probably because I don't want you to see what I might be doing. I can already see it, and those tears are real, and they're sitting there for a reason. So he, when he gets emotional, he doesn't want to be seen crying and he he so she his wife's taking it as oh you're giving up on the fight but mm. he's wanting to hide how he's really feeling mm. you just don't realize guy. how much he's hurting mm. yeah and we're cries we hit an age men where we start to cry <laughs> me it was probably earlier than most you but reckon? yeah it's supposed to be around about 50 or, or 60 so good Isn't for it? you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is it? yeah when your testosterone goes down <laughs> I, I cry a lot when i fight with Esther, because yeah. we don't fight a lot, but when we have arguments, we have blinding, yelling arguments. I think you get caught up in the moment, and then you realise what you actually could lo- lose, and totally. how much you you love your partner, and whether it was all worth it. But sometimes mm-hmm. people don't have that realisation. She's like, "Oh, you're crying again, bloody hell!" It's not going to work this time. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, with that too, he says that you know, we uh, yesterday we heard that Cam. Um, and his wife, they turn away from each other, Dr. Love said. And we uh, kind of got to the bottom as to why it is that he would ignore her. Well, because she always judges me against her brothers or her, or against other people. Like, like I think I'm not your brother and I'm not that person. Does that make you angry when she compares you to yeah. other people? And I tell her, aggressive, but only the words. And compared to other people, I'm my own self. I'm my own self. It's good insight that he can notice that he says it in an aggressive way rather than actually going, I'm hurting when you say that. Mm. I think it's hard too uh, when someone goes, well, my brother 
can do that, yeah. or I know people who are happy. Jenny's to do husband that. does that. Yeah. But sometimes you say that because of the frustration, because mm. you might not think that they are trying, and you can see something, someone else, you know, else doing it. And of course, you can only see it on the surface. Yeah, but it's always greener on the other side. But you, you can understand that it's said because of frustration. Oh, completely. Um, not taking sides, guys. I'm just. No, it sounds like you are. You definitely. You picked no, I just the side wanted there. to give you another example. I can hear what you're saying. Uh, um, homework, though. Mm. And this was a bit of a breakthrough for Cam, as you can hear. He he's an emotional man, but he hides his emotions. Mm. He's a man of very few words. When's the last time you looked in her eyes? Literally, just looked in her eyes. Had it that close to you that you just stared into her eyes? Probably our wedding, about 21 years ago. Would she think it's strange that you come in and give her a kiss goodbye? No, nah, because she knows I'm on the phone with you. Okay. It might be weird if you just sort of did it out of the blue, but she does know that you're going to be sitting with me on the phone and you're going to come away from here with one thing to do till we talk next. You're going to give her a kiss? I'm going to be doing that when we finish the call. Good. There you go. See, I love that. I don't think people realise how important looking someone in the eye is. Because mm. I had a thing with that with my husband. I'm like, you never look at me when you come home. You're always busy doing other stuff. And also kissing. Is it oxytocin? Oxytocin? What's that chemical that's released when you Serotonin. kiss? Serotonin. Serotonin? No, it starts with an O. Oxytocin? Yeah, is it a good one? A feel-good one sure. is released when mm. you kiss. And it bonds your relationship. So if you're not doing it and you've just got into a habit of not doing it, mm. you're missing out on something. Makeout sessions, you, they stop after a no, while. No, no, good well, no they, can, I, can, I, can I just, let's be honest, some, you've got to have a session without not wanting to lead to something else totally. occasionally. Mm. Yeah, but, but, I'm but saying, that makes it more fun. But I, I like think that. sometimes mm. it's shut down because it's like, I don't have time for that. No, what are you doing? I know what you're thinking. But just mm. a kiss of like, hello is nice. Mm. Let's see, we high five. You and Kat do. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> I kiss her good night every Ooh. night. I don't kiss her in the morning, obviously, because she's asleep, but I kiss her good night every night. I kiss night. my wife. My, I, Esther gets real angry if I don't give her a kiss before I leave in the morning. I, I could, but Kat yeah. wouldn't even realise. She wouldn't wake up. Just say you do Just, yeah, yeah, tell yeah. Like, Every she morning does I kiss her We do want to ask this question, though. If you're following this journey of Cam and Frankie, uh, are you listening to this and going, hey, me, we don't kiss? Mm. A, a, a partner... You, you haven't kissed them in ages. Yeah, mm. if you're just thinking about that, my pastor hasn't, my partner haven't kissed me since when. Mm. Stab Abby and Matt for breakfast. B105. Stab Abby and Matt. Save my marriage. There are so many people that would be able to relate to Cam and Frankie who have put their hand up and said, we've been married for over 20 years. Uh, we did love each other. We think we still love each other. But at the moment, we don't know if our marriage is worth saving. Mm. And a lot of people that um, called us up just said that they haven't gone to counselling or sessions because they can't afford it. We're going to follow it, it. Uh, with these uh, guys. They're going to Dr. Love, our relationship expert. We're sending them out on dates. Mm -hmm. And it will come down to decision day where um, they will get time alone. They will decide on this day when they come together whether they are going to work things out or if they are going to walk away. And, you know, throughout all of this, we are going to hear positive positivity from the two of them. We're mm. going to hear some of the negative things. But at the end of the... They're not going to know how they're going to feel until that day. Mm. Yeah. Because I've had plenty of friends who have like, oh, things are going great. And then in an instant, it can just switch. Mm. So fingers crossed. Some homework that was given to Cam uh, just yesterday from Dr. Love. When's the last time you looked in her eyes? Literally just looked in her eyes. Had it that close to you that you just stared into her eyes? Probably our wedding, about 21 years ago. 
Would she think it's strange that you come in and give her a kiss goodbye? No, because she knows I'm on the phone with you. Okay. It might be weird if you just sort of did it out of the blue, but she does know that you're going to be sitting with me on the phone and you're going to come away from here with one thing to do till we talk next. You're going to give her a kiss? I'm going to be doing that when we finish this call. Good. I love his honesty. No, because no, I'm talking to you. She's looking at me. She knows that we're doing this. <laughs> <laughs> but we wanted to know 131060, hearing that, do you realise that your partner hasn't kissed you for so long? Mm. Sam and Forest Lake, are you having affection issues? Yes, I am. Good morning, guys. Morning. Um, so we've been married for two years now, and every time I try to give my husband a kiss or even just try to look into his eyes, he always dodges me and... It's so annoying because I just want that connection. I want mm. that affection, mm. but I don't get it. Two so. years isn't long to be married either, Sam. Was it there two years ago? Um, no, not really. I mean, we've we've been together for about eight years, right. um, and it's it's just it's just slowly gone over the years, and it's just. Pretty much, I feel like I'm going to hug my brother sometimes. You know, mm. yeah. you just don't get that affection, but. The, the love is still, like, I still love him. He's still my best friend, and, yeah. Have you, to- I- have you spoken to him about it and said, hey, yeah, it's, it's hurting? I, I have, I have, but it's just just something that, you know, if he's not willing to work on it, you know, it's just one of those things. So I just have to hope and wait that things get better. Can I ask you guys why affection does shut down? Like, if you're not going to be affectionate, why? I, I think from a guy's perspective, I close it off. When I think it can be two things. When I feel like I'm not being appreciated, mm-hmm. it can be like when you're when you're cast aside. Um, yeah. Or I also think sometimes he might have other things going on that is not even about you, Sam. Yeah. That he struggles. He's not feeling great about himself, and he might he might think that he's not worthy of having you. Mm. But if Sam's yeah, addressed it, sometimes it's hard as well to get mm. you guys to talk. Yes. Yeah, so and it's, like, it's constantly like, what's going on? Now everything's fine. And mm. it's like, well, you're saying all that and I'm really trying. Yeah. But the whole, yeah. let, let's sit down and talk doesn't really work no. always. Mm. Yeah. No, it doesn't. But that's all I can really do is just try. I know there's a lot going on with work, so maybe I can just keep trying to push it, but just be gentle about it, I guess. Yeah, yeah. be there yeah. loving him. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. that's the thing. It may not even be you, Sam. It might be something else and because that's the other thing with us as guys i don't even realize i'm being angry till esther's like why are you angry and i go i'm mm. not angry am i, I go no, hang on i am do you get scared of opening the floodgate like i feel like sometimes guys are quite reserve oh, reserve reserve until you get there then it's like mm. and it's like you're scared of letting everything go i it, totally mm. I, I don't i know about you stab but i 100 percent am i hate thinking of what you would find if you got deep enough. Do you think there is still that? There is still that thing of, too, we have to be the strong man, the tough man of the house and look mm. after things. But and that's we, You're the ones to... that, that break down and then we look after you. Yeah, but that's why yeah. I always teach my boys, strong men cry because mm. it's strong to show your true emotions. Mm. I mean, oh. I cry at Paddington too. You're looking at the wrong guy. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm I think just thinking about it. Facing the reality of yeah. the things that upset you, it, it, that's very hard as mm. a guy. Hmm. Anonymous is on the line. Hearing this, what do you think? That you know he hasn't kissed his partner for for so many years. Can you relate? Yeah, absolutely. It's um, it's heartbreaking, really. Mm. So yeah. You you obviously reach out and try. Look, we both try. We're both very aware of it. Um, but you know, we have three kids and we work full time, and 
we struggle to put ourselves first, I guess, and we both we just we just don't know how to. And you know, come end of the day, we we just we I don't I don't even know. Like we just don't know where to go with this. Dr. Love, when she was talking and she said about how the kids should work into your lifestyle, you know, and you guys should put each other first, like that was a big moment for me. And I I got tears hearing that because I was like, well, my, I, my husband and I don't do it. So I can understand you saying that, you know, you, you just get this priority where it's your kids and you, you leave the relationship last. Yeah. And look, I've, I've been listening every day and I, I heard that myself and I took it back to my partner because like I'm thinking, you know, like this expert has said that he has to listen to me if, you know, if I if I say this to him and he listens and he's like, yeah, you know, it makes sense, but nothing, like nothing changes. And I don't know, like it's, it's really, it's really hard. Mm. It won't change overnight though, Anonymous. And maybe that's just, you've you've got the ball rolling now at least. You begin into a habit, I think. Mm. Okay. So everyone in Brisbane has this homework tonight. kissing up tonight. Everyone has to go home. And this is especially for the fellas. All right. (laughs) Go find your wife, kiss her on the lips Look her in the eyes, tell her you love her, you appreciate her, and she's beautiful. And I think you will see a massive change. And if you don't get that tonight, you're allowed to turn around and go, I download the podcast. <laughs> yeah. yeah, which is right now <laughs> available on this nut. Stab Abby and Matt for breakfast. B105. Something has happened to me, and I'm really annoyed because can I just explain how cool I used to be? No, I used to be a bit of an adrenaline junkie. Like, I love it. If you got to explain it and convince <laughs> us. Then you probably know it. Then you probably were. No, I, I loved uh, V8, so I had opportunity to get my racing licence in a Lotus Elise, and I was just like, yeah, let's go for it. Let's just yeah. I'd go straight down the racetrack. Yeah. I went skydiving many times. Roller I even, coasters. Well, well, I even went up on a... Um, I used to, and I, I went up... Uh, I was going skydiving with the stunt team, the army stunt team, right? So they're pretty pretty fun. And I was like, I love it so much. Let's go up for a night jump. So a night jump is when you can't really see the bottom. They throw a flare down to see where it is. And it's mm. like, yep, let's do it. Sick. It was yeah. amazing. Rock climbing, you name it, I would do it. We get it. You're a bad girl. I'm paying this up because I was like, I've still got it. And I went to Movie World and I saw, is it the Batwing yeah. space? The one that shoots shot? you up and then comes back down? Six minutes high. Mm. I went, I could do it. And I got sweaty palms. Mm. I got tears in my eyes, mm. and I went, "No, nah, I'm not. I'm not tall enough. I'm not tall enough. <laughs> Ducking down under the little koala. It's like hundred. I'm like, no, I am. I was like, no, nah, it's the wait time. I can't do it. I physically cannot do that anymore. And I'm annoyed at myself. And I think it's ever since I've had kids. And it's easy to say that when you get kids, you take on the responsibility. My husband doesn't. He'll still do it. Mm, if it was an offer for him to go skydiving, he would do it. You do it. But so, you made me. Um, no, but I, you <laughs> wanted to do that. But can I ask you? Because so wouldn't you wouldn't you wouldn't parachute? Because you've always had a thing for roller coasters, even before. Remember when we went no, to Dreamworld? That's and what we were I supposed said. To, yeah. But no, I had a kid then. We went on roller you lied coasters. To me. <laughs> we went on roller coasters on our honeymoon. I thought it was a phobia. I don't know. You told me you've always been afraid of roller coasters. I lied. I wasn't. I used to go. I went. We went over to the theme park over in LA for our honeymoon. And you were on it. I decided not know that. Well, there you go. You've got something to live for now. That's what you realised when I was married. No, 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 not as much. Just just looked at him. But then, what does my husband? He doesn't have anything to. He doesn't have anything. Well, he probably just looks at it differently. Do can you? I know. So I didn't say that when Stab did the threw the money out of the plane. I I had never have skydived, and I wouldn't now. I don't like roller coasters now because mm. I think if something happened to me, 
what I would leave behind would be sad children because their dad was dead. But then in a strange turn of events, I say to them, if you would like to go on the roller coaster, knock yourself out, <laughs> which is really weird. Yeah. But yeah. I just, I used to be able yeah. to, and it's not like a conscious thing of I have kids, I have responsibility now. Mm. But that's but what it would be. I calculate mine. Um, like, because well, years ago we do all sorts of crazy stuff for the, the radio, and the one one that I drew the line at was bull riding, um, because you don't know how you're going to fall off a bull. Mm. You fall off a bull the wrong way, you've broken your neck. But the parachuting, when we did it for the show, it's it's a calculated risk because look, people pay money for it, and I'm getting to do it for free. I'm not going to complain about it, and very few people actually pass away. If it was parachuting by yourself and you have to pull the cord five meters from the ground, I'd be like, guys, probably not going to do that because you know. It's hard yeah, to find babysitters. There was this guy <laughs> that had a theory that it was like a metaphor for life, talking mm. about the roller coasters, and he was so fearful of it, and he forced himself to go on one. And now he is professional roller coaster rider. He goes all over the world and rates them, and he says it's a metaphor for life of the people that are willing to take risks are the mm. most successful in life. Well, there you go. Got to ride a bull next week. Just sounds like he's got a fun job. Like, is he earning billions of dollars know. riding roller coasters? I guess he goes around and rates mm-hmm. them. And Can you stuff? imagine him on there? Because he does it all the time. There'd be all these people screaming. He's just like, he goes, notepad. One. Second be- bend was pretty good. He has a milkshake before Third he goes on. I don't good. care. Yeah. Stab Abby and Matt for breakfast. B105. As another show draws to a close, Stav, Abby and Matt take a moment to reflect. When I was growing up, there'd always be two tea towels on the go in our household. One, obviously, to do the dishes, and the other one my mum would put down the front of whatever I was wearing every meal I ate at home because they spilled things on me. I would wish I had grown out of that. Every day I spill something on me, whether it's food or today mascara. Thanks, but no thanks. You got it out, it looks good. No, it doesn't. You guys say you... Yeah, I like it. I I said, can you see that? And you're like, what? Which was very good, but then every time I go out the kitchen and people look down Hmm. and then look up... Well, you pull- feel it better. Maybe they're looking at your boobs. Are they that low? Are they? Yeah, I, exactly <laughs> I tried. I tried my best. I tried. I tried. Was I there my belly button? Right, trying, mate. Yeah, okay. All right. I'll be here. Yeah, <laughs> not looking at the belly Thanks, button ring. You're looking at my nipples. Thanks, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for having my back there, sister. You're right, girl. I got you. I got you, boat. Myself. I'm a betting man. A man who loses bets responsibly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, never mind. Responsibly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, you know, obviously lost the bet to Jay, um, long-time listener of the show, carton of beer over a Broncos-Dragons game, and then we doubled or nothing to have a New South Wales logo in my backyard. He messages me on Instagram last night and goes, all right, Brosef, double or nothing, this one. It's mm. like, nah, I'm sitting this bet out. Mm. And, of course, it's the bet I would have won. <laughs> so, to me... <laughs> Only betting on things that you lose. Thanks. No thanks. You tell me what to bet on and I'll bet for you. <laughs> Little dog Gussie was the time yesterday <clears throat> to get him to sext. Get the snip. I've been calling him Maddie Acton all day yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> Come here, little Maddie Acton. But uh, he was away at the vets. We didn't get to pick him up till... 3.30, and I normally take him for a walk around 2 and then end up at the school for school pickups. So I get an hour walk in. I didn't want to lose my steps, want to keep my health up, so I was like, I'm still going to go for my walk. But of course, you see all the same people you see every day because everyone's got their routine. First person I saw, oh, where's Gussie? <laughs> Me being the kind of funny guy I am. You didn't. No. I was like, oh, forgot him. 
I'd have to go back. Uh, <laughs> 100 metres down the road. Oh, Stav, where's Gussie? Oh, forgot him. <laughs> Got to go back. I ran into like 10 people. <laughs> Did <laughs> any of them laugh? <laughs> no, none of them laughed. <laughs> no. How is he? Is he all right? Yeah, he's all right. He's got that lampshade on his head. Doesn't really know what's happened. He's... Oh, he knows. Watching, <laughs> watching he chick flicks. Knows. Watching chick flicks and crying over Bridget Jones' diary <laughs> eating a tub of ice cream because I'm not there with him. Nah, he'll be all right. Thanks for nothing. Stab Abby and Matt for breakfast. B105. Hey, that's the podcast. Well done, guys. Um, if you are enjoying our uh, Save My Marriage um, segment that we're doing, the sessions that Dr. Love is doing, our relationship expert, you can hear the full um, hour-long length of them um, in a separate podcast to this one. So it's some bonus content um, on the listener app. Go and get into that because I think a lot of people are learning a lot about their own relationships. Mm-hmm. And right do on. not listen. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. You, if you start at the, the top, we were, we're in, our new park, marketing campaign for our show is "Do Not Listen." Yes, because mm-hmm. we figure if we tell you not to listen, then you're probably more likely to listen. Yeah. Did we? How did our marketing team go? Just quickly to the girls out there. So we've got it on our socials, our new marketing, which is "Do Not Listen," but we had to get it approved by our marketers in Sydney, um, who don't take Melbourne. jokes very well. Did they? Are they letting us put that on our billboards around around town? Oh, hang on. Sorry, this I had to change the desk. Hang on a second. Uh, L-M-N-O-O, because uh, her microphone is labelled O for those who are like, why is he doing the alphabet? The big O. Uh, okay, sorry. What did the marketing lady say? Well, they were quite confused as to why we wanted to market our show saying do not listen, so we had to go back and provide a bit of context, mm. but they're on it. Did you so, but we, the- we, 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 we put it up, so we're looking. We're on the lookout to see where they're popping up across Brisbane. Okay, awesome. I'm interested to, to see what they said. Did they say why are you saying do not listen? Did you tell them we were trying reverse psychology? Yeah, we did. But the first email we just sent was, can we put these up, please? And they were like, why are you asking people not to listen to the show? You're very bad at your job, Shiv. And when they said no the first time, did you go back to them and say, well, we didn't want to put them up anyway? <laughs> You know what I, uh, have you read the comments for it? It's very creative because someone said, oh my God, this is so good. So I'll be the only one listening and we'll win the million. Ah, yeah. Thank you so much for this. Someone did said, can not compute, commute, compute. Yeah, good one. So what we, what we need to do is if they go up today, tomorrow live on the show, we'll ask people, did you turn us on because you saw that we told you not to listen? Mm-hmm. And that's how we'll know if it worked or not. Mm-hmm. If we get one person who's like, yeah, you said do not listen, so I'm so going against in. you. Mm. And you were right. I shouldn't have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you're still here, aren't you? Hey? Mm-hmm. Hey? Uh, look at us. Breaking the mold. That's the thing. Let's document this, guys. We should all be doing like little interviews to camera because in 15 years when they talk about Stav, Abby and Matt, how they changed the face of radio, mm. we're going to want to be like, it was a crazy day, you know, do a look back. We told people not to listen and that's how we got more listeners. And I might use it for my uh, uni project because I'm actually only one semester off graduating from my marketing that's degree. Oh, there you go. Unfortunately, I left it longer than 10 years, so everything is... Got to start again. Mm. Yeah. If this works this, the do not listen, I'm going to go home and say to my wife, do not, do have, not have sex, sex with, with me. me. And mm. she'll go, okay, no worries. Don't, don't. Now that doesn't work the other way around. Do not have sex with me. Do not come over here and rub against me and do things to me. Stop. Mm. Okay. <laughs> I think it might work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The girls aren't that smart. So they, yeah, they, they, 
They don't even follow that reverse psychology thing. Yeah. Girls invented it. At least that's what we let them think. Because reverse psychology. Brilliant. Oh, great one. It's a wormhole, that <laughs> wow, one. Wow. Inception. <laughs> <laughs> we act dumb as guys. We're, not, we're actually, we're, we're controlling everything. I am thinking about Scotty's comment now. What was his comment? Well, I laughed and laughed and laughed. I mm. couldn't stop laughing. We've got these little cards, which are conversation starters, and mm. it's good for the kids talking about what's the one thing you achieved today, what do you want to do tomorrow, what's something you really love about yourself. Mm. We went around the table, and they all said something mm. different. And uh, Scotty said, I said, what's one quality that you love about yourself? And he said, I'm ambitious. And I cracked up laughing because if you know him, he's so chill. He's mm. so, so go with the flow. I could say, hey, we're packing everything up. We're selling it. We're mm. going to cabaret. And he go, yeah, sure. Like he just doesn't really have ambition to. See, this is where I think you're wrong. And then Maddie says I'm wrong. He married the most difficult woman on earth (laughs) and thought he could tame her. He's the most ambitious man I've ever met in my life. And I said to him that he just, he wants to live in like a swag in the backyard. Mm. And then Maddie pointed out, which is a good point. (laughs) That makes him the most ambitious person because that is the least likely thing that he will be able to do at the moment. Maybe can he can he write with both hands? What? Maybe he meant ambidextrous. Someone that can write with both left and right hands. Yeah. 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 Why? What's that got to do with him being ambitious? Maybe that's what he meant. Instead of being ambitious, maybe he meant to say. He was oh, ambitious! Ambidextrous. Uh, <laughs> right. Okay, right. No, you're not. you no. ambitious. Yeah, I am. I can write with both my hands. <laughs> no, he actually goes over. He goes. I knew that would make you laugh. There you go. Go. Oh, no, see, that's where I think you're wrong with Scotty. The odds are against him. He built a house. That's pretty ambitious. Exactly. No, he likes seeing an end result, but he doesn't have any ambition because the house could be finished in one year or 15 years and it would still be like, oh, yeah. He wants to live under the stars in a swag. And be left alone. He's actually set up a whole world that works against him. He (laughs) wants to fight it. He became a builder, Mm. married a girl who loves real estate, who has an investment Investment property. And he wants to live under the stars. Yeah. What he's done is he has created a mountain for him to climb. Wow, That's ambition. He is smart. Mm. See? Told mm. you, men are in control of everything. <laughs> <laughs> See ya. Staff, Abby, and Matt. Brisbane wakes up with Staff, Abby, and Matt on B105.